Hey, hey. This is KSKQ 89.5 FM, Ashland, Oregon, and KSKQ Translator K231CW 94.1 FM, Medford, Oregon. Also streaming at www.kskq.org. And you are listening. Make that a little longer. Just a little longer. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Just like that. Keep stretch it out. Stretch it out. Keep stretching (laughs) stretching it out. Oh, a little more stretch to it. Okay. Infringement. (laughs) Dream Infringement is a super squad of four friends. Adara, Spiffy Burns, Bobby, Chico de Gallo Castillo, Jennifer the Scheduler Woodside, and Emily the Four-Eyed Evader Castillo. We enjoy telling songs, telling stories, and playing songs. We're telling songs and playing stories. Sometimes we tell songs. We told a song once. (laughs) I've told a a song or two. I'll be the first to admit to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We usually do that on a weekly theme. This week's theme is. Do we have a quippy name for it? I, I don't. Okay. Um. um nothing's depress- nothing's depressing g- stories. <laughs> in a time of glories. That doesn't make sense, does it? Kevin's not. <laughs> no, it just rhymes. But that's actually not even what the theme is. Oh no more. Okay, I. Bear with me. Something having to do with like no more teachers, no more books. Oh, no more. No more depressing. depressing. No more teachers. Dirty looks. No more depressing. Middle school books. There you go. (laughs) Sounds pretty good. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So do we do we want to explain it? Because I could. I mean, yeah, please do. I I like to say words the the way that. An artist might paint on a canvas mm. and use various colors of paints. Adora knows what I'm talking about. Her mom's an artist. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm an expert. Yeah. So let me just paint you all a word picture on the blank canvas that is your mind. Okay. Um, Thanks for <laughs> just my assuming it- that our... <laughs> Mines are blank canvases. Yeah, my well, empty, empty, <laughs> devoid of anything mind slate is ready for you to just. Well, it won't be blank when I get done with it. Okay. All right, here we go. We all have experienced middle school, have we not? Mm-hmm. The discomfort of hitting puberty. Oh, no. The fun that comes with hopscotch and various games that are played in the cafeteria and or playground like dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. pokemon cards depending on what era you grew up in 1972 Mm. or 2002 yes magic the gathering (laughs) it all is the same time continues to repeat itself and one of the things that repeats itself every year is the fact that as middle schoolers you are made to read books that are depressing. Emily described it as uh, the teacher bringing out a box full of the same book and then just dumping it out on the floor of the middle that. school on That's the carpet. That's not what I said. And all the kids scurrying to grab a book. Something like that. Fighting just in a heap, clawing at each other. Yeah. <laughs> 
And why do we read Animal these... Farm first? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and why do we read these books? Is it to mold our young, impressionable minds? Because we're told to. Is it because we're told to? Thank you, Emily. Or is it because we want to? Because we need to. I was told to and I wanted to. Yeah. Well, we're going to unpack all of that. Okay? Because this is an experience that we, we've all had. We've, we've all had... We've all had our own animal farm or chocolate war or the giver or, you know. Oh, the giver. That yeah. was a good book. Yeah. It is a good book. Yeah. So um, so we're going to talk about that tonight. So how are we going to kick this thing I think off? we should play uh, Belle and Sebastian's All Wrapped Up in Books. Mm. All Wrapped Up in Books. And then yeah. we can just let everyone think about books while they're listening to the song. Okay. Getting a bookish mood. Yeah. Maybe um, go to like your bookshelf mm-hmm. with your library or with your radio and sort of sit in front of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, I'm struggling to find that song, Emily. I have it on our playlist oh. for the radio. Oh, show. you put a playlist together? I I put so a few songs together. Is it a yes, different one? Because all I'm seeing it's is Bruce radio show tonight. Radio show tonight. Or radio, because we have... You want to... Yeah, I do. Because in addition to telling you stories, we also play songs. <laughs> we do both. We're about to prove that with a great song that has to do with books. Yeah, to get your mind primed, as I like to say, for the stories that you're about to hear. Mind prime. Yeah. Okay, here you go. Ready? All right. All right. You just heard the song stylings of Belle and Sebastian, a little band straight out of Scotland. Right? Is that right? No, that's not right. Where are they from? I'm pretty sure it's Scotland. All right. Well, moving on, because as much as we all like Belle and Sebastian. Which is a lot. Yeah. They are not what we're talking about today. Um, so we went to Instagram and Facebook and made a little poll and it was about which depressing books y'all have read. Yes. There was only like a really small handful that I just threw out there. Um, but the results are in. So they sure are. Are you ready? Let's let's hear it, Emily. <laughs> Flowers for Algernon. Oh, yes. Uh, 60% of the people who participated in this poll <laughs> said that they read it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It was, a, wasn't it a short story? It wasn't like a... It wasn't yeah. real long. No, no it was a short one. Long. But very uh, life-changing. Um, I Am the Cheese I by the cheese. Robert Cormier. Cormier? I don't know okay, if he's okay. pronouncing that last R or not. Yeah. Um, 50% said yes <laughs> to that one. 50%. Yeah. Okay. And yet, I have actually never heard of it. Oh, I am cool. the cheese. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about it. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, Let's keep this rolling. Emily. Of Mice and Men, which was 
suggested by friend and listener Ryan. Um, 82% of wow. the people who took this poll. Wow, of mice and men. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to look at like how many people participated in this. 55% have read Anna Karenina. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that one. That's cool. a Russian classic. And then 85% read Lord of the Flies. What about... Oh, yeah. Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Who didn't read Lord of the Flies? Who didn't in some way get their lives touched 15% of the people who took this poll did not. <laughs> oh, Kevin. I thought you were a silent observer. Yeah. Also, I thought you're not supposed to be here. So. I said I wasn't supposed to be here. I just said I'm not here. He can't help himself. If you Let's just put it this way. If you're in any close proximity to the studio you will not be able to involve yourself in the gravitational conversational pull that it, we create as dream infringement we do suck people in yeah i've even heard of people screaming at their radios oh. when they listen i mean yelling at it at Wait. the radios trying to you know but this only works one way unfortunately so unless always call us during a song break you could yeah yeah and i'll probably answer Okay, yeah. I'm gonna okay. move along with this. <laughs> um, so I'll go first, and I was gonna talk about the book "I Am the Cheese." Um, I read it in—I can't remember if it was seventh or eighth grade—but it stayed with me because it's disturbing, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, so it opens with a boy named Adam Farmer. He's biking from his home um, in the town of Monument, Massachusetts, um, to go see his father in Vermont. So the book alternates between transcripts of a tape between a subject and um, this, I think it's, I think he's like a doctor. Oh, he's a therapist or psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. named Brent um and Adam I don't know if we know if the subject is Adam but the person in the tapes being interviewed is the kid named Adam uh so then as you read along oh yeah Adam is the subject you realize this his father was a newspaper reporter who was enrolled in the witness protection program Uh, The family had moved to Monument and escaped several close calls with their identities, but the parents get killed in a car collision. Of course. Um, Adam survives and is taken to a government mental asylum. The last chapter implies that the Witness Protection Program agents killed the family and reveals that Paul, who is now being called adam who is now paul <laughs> this is very confusing so that's, his, that's his witness protection yeah. na- name he can't handle his realizations of the past and then he goes on a delusional bike ride across the ground of the facility um and then at the very end the guy named brent asks for authorization to murder adam slash paul mm-hmm. okay yeah and then the kid says i am the cheese because the cheese stands alone oh that old ditty yeah Yeah. okay i don't remember 
there ever being conversations at the end of ends of these books where the teacher's like, hey, this is what this is all about. Um, I can hear my voice in the other room and it's throwing me off. That's okay. Anyway, so I always felt very uh, empty after reading books like this. Mm-hmm. Did you explain why you feel empty because after reading it? I because of the content of the book mm-hmm. yeah because the death the death yeah did you ever uh like have exchanges with your your classmates like oh man that book was so depressing no. yeah i had to listen to hansen to like pick myself back up no nothing like that i think we're like when you're in the thick of things you don't really have like an outsider's perspective oh yeah like now i'd be like this is a this is weird right <laughs> This is a strange choice, mm, but yeah. at the time, no, it was just, I was at the mercy of whatever the teacher wanted us to read. So in a way you were experiencing what Paul experienced. I don't think so. And that so. you were in like an institution. Oh, that way. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Okay. Of, of the government. Government institution. Um, so the public song I chose is by uh, Lily Moore, and it's called "Lying to Yourself." You ready? Oh yeah. Okay. So it's nice to have a break from being uh, judged by the people in this studio. <laughs> what are you doing? Who's judging you? <laughs> yeah, Kevin's outside. Mm-hmm. And he did not stop judging us. Okay. Yeah. Also, I like your hoodie. It's, it's kind great. of like mm-hmm. cloaky almost. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, 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 it's like yeah. velvety. And then, what is that? Yeah, the Valor? material seems... And there's a lot nice. of darkness behind you, so you yeah. kind of look a little bit like a Lord of the Rings character. <laughs> you do. Oh, now you look like Star Wars. Okay, now okay, Lord no. of the Rings. Now Lord of the Rings, <laughs> yeah. Before it was Star Wars when it was covering your eyes. But I like that you have those two options. They're good mm-hmm. good movies. Yeah, it's cool. They like to talk about what I, what I wear, too. I think, yeah. It's okay. I don't think they can. I'll translate for you. He said, thank you. I like <laughs> no. to dress like a fancy lad. You can't <laughs> go around saying that people dress like fancy lads. You have too much anxiety about being referred to as a fancy lad. You can't put that on others. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> this is a good moment. Yeah. <gasps> that we're, we're making all this up. While I have both of you here, off topic... Who, who are you talking to? Both of who? There's three people here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of excluding Emily in this one. That's right. mainly uh, Bobby and Kevin. Oh, so it's okay. like a man thing. You're like, uh-huh. well, I have you two. Uh-huh. You two <laughs> bl- red blood American men. You take Emily's mic and I'll actually hop on if we're going to do 
<laughs> okay. Oh wow! Wow, that drew him in. Okay. <laughs> Scary. Okay. <laughs> she wants. He, yeah, Adara wanting the perspective of of these two. These two. Uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, I don't need to do anything. No. Nope. <laughs> Forget it. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead, Adara. I might have blown this out of proportion, <laughs> but. I am currently on episode six of King of the Hill. Oh, mm. uh, well, oh. Emily actually is a fan of King I, of the Hill. I am, also, yes. Yeah. I, too, have watched it and enjoyed it. Episode six, <laughs> Bobby's birthday party? <laughs> oh, wow. I, I might be on episode five. Uh, Boggle tournament? I don't know. Hank... Unmentionable problem. Unmentionable yes. problem. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I might know a little bit too much about King of the Hill. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, how do you feel about it? I mean, you're a few episodes in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it might be good. Yeah, he she thinks it might be good. It might be good. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I knew after the first five seconds of watching the show mm. that is going to change my life forever. <clears throat> I'll tell you, in the first five seconds of the first episode, there's a joke that I still use today. <laughs> I hate fiats because of a joke from King of the Hill, and there's no other reason for me to hate that. <laughs> yeah. From the pilot episode. Fix it again, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> you know why they call them Fords. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. That's good. Anyway, I still use that joke all the time. Yeah. So you just witnessed the transformation of Dream Infringement into a King of the Hill podcast. Called Hoya 2.0. <laughs> no, don't oh, do no. that. They're going to sick their goons after us. They have a following. Hoya oh, yeah, is... You called their following goons? <laughs> oh, oh, great. I mean, in, Now the goons hole. are just going to come after you on their own Wouldn't accord. Wouldn't their following be Propaniacs? Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Bye. We never hear. Like the Phantom, the Phantom of the Studio. <laughs> hey, I was gonna say that too. <laughs> the Phantom <laughs> of the Studio. The Phantom of the Studio was here. Yeah. Outside like the door. Okay. All right. So I have. That's another book you could read, or you could just watch the movie. It's a very long book. All, All right. right. What's next on the agenda? Who's whatever going next? wants to talk about whatever they want to talk about. I could go next. I can go All next. right. I'm good go with that. Go for it. All right. So this, there's this book that I, um, that I read, and it's called Freak the Mighty. Okay. It's a young adult novel that was published in 1993. Um, and then I ended up watching the movie, um, and it just made such a deep impact on me and my perception of like being young and misunderstood and, and and what that means and and at the time I was being really severely bullied by the more athletic larger um kind of hard masculine kids in middle school and I was somewhat of a target because I was smaller and I made some edgy fashion statements like wearing socks under your sandals, which now is cool, but in, you know, in the uh, late 90s, it wasn't so much, especially at the middle school that I went to. And uh, so this book, it 
it was interesting. It was a kind of a deep dive into that social dynamic of being bullied and what that means and, and why you're bullied or, or how the person might feel. And it made, it made me feel like I wasn't alone um, in my perception of how, of how unjust this was. Um, and so uh, the book Freak the Mighty, it is about a, um, it, it's a, it's about a, a, uh, a boy named Maxwell Kane. He's a large, very slow, but kind hearted boy. And his friend, Kevin Avery, who's nicknamed Freak, and uh, he's physically handicapped. And uh, the, the larger kid who is not handicapped, he lives with his grandparents, and he's like trying to escape the reputation of uh, the reputation that he has in, in the sense that his father is a convicted murderer, and he looks a lot like him. And people make fun of him for being like really big and um and they call him like dumb and they don't think he's very smart um and he's just kind of like one of he just like it like kind of internalizes all of that uh and then he meets this this you know this other kid who's handicapped who's like incredibly smart and um, and they end up becoming good friends and they kind of have this symbiotic relationship with each other where they look out for each other and take care of each other. And they, they have these like these really incredible situations that they find themselves in and how their courage comes out through all of that. And, and um, in the end, the, the handicapped kid, he ends up dying. Um, like, uh, because of you know his physical issues that he's dealing with and and it's just so sad um but i liked their relationship i thought that was really cool because they got really close and they were kind of like two very emotionally vulnerable people but were able to like forge this friendship they were both boys and i just thought that that was really cool because there's not a lot of like close friendships being forged in a lot of you know, young adult novels with like young boys. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of like, yeah. So anyways. May I, I, I like chime that. in with yeah, something? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, just for educational purposes, it is no longer acceptable to say handicapped. Disabled. Disabled. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Emily. But that was the 90s. Yeah. Well, when yeah. When you read it. So. <laughs> also, the Wikipedia synopsis says that. So I'll have to change that. Yeah. How do you change what's on Wikipedia? I believe you can edit it. Okay. I'll have to figure that out. So just yeah. so y'all know. Yeah. Thank you, Emily. But we're all learning and growing. We are. Um, Yeah. And so I... I liked that book, and then there's a, another book that I, um, that I always found really interesting, and that is the Bumblebee Flies Anyway, and it's about this boy who like wakes up in this um, hospital, like a like a hospital in the country, and there's not really any medical things going on. He just kind of has his own like room in his own bed, and there's a lot other um, disabled there's like disabled kids there and he seems like perfectly fine physically, you know, you know, not disabled. And he, uh, ends up finding out that 
he has a disease, a terminal disease, like a terminal illness. And the only way that they were able to, uh, like eradicate it is by creating alternative memories and like kind of wiping his mind, um, clean so that he didn't remember like who, what his past was and, and giving him like new memories. So it kind of in a way healed him, I guess. And then, and so he spends much of his time trying to figure out like what, what why he's there who he is what's really happening and um yeah in the in the end the big question is would you rather have the disease and remember all of the things that make you who you are or have no memory of those things and continue on living healthy that is the big question mm. yeah so these are yep these are the uh deep uh the deep thoughts that and the, the deep concepts that they wanted us to think about as 11 12 13 year olds i'm glad that you had someone guiding you into the deep concepts because i feel like we never really talked about big picture stuff mm -hmm. in school i just remember a lot of discussion and kids saying annoying things oh really yeah yeah I, I was probably some of those kids saying annoying things because there were some books where I was like, I'm definitely not going to read that, like The Chocolate War. So I faked it. That's what I did. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so we have a song, and that song is by um, Gary Jules and Michael Andrews, and it's a song called Mad World. All right. That one's a classic. Thank you. I listened to that one a lot in middle school, actually. Oh, Aww. yeah. Middle school. We should. Did we do a middle school theme? I don't think we have. We should. We should. Mm. That might get Jennifer out of the woodwork. I don't think it will. I think it will. She has. Middle I feel school. like you've suggested it and she was like, I don't have anything to say. Oh, because nothing happened to her in middle school. And I think that's exactly what you told her okay <laughs> yeah thank you when for... you've been doing this for am i correct in saying almost four years I feel holy like that's cow that's true yes yeah you start to have some repeated conversations that's yeah. true yeah it's kind of like a marriage you know mm, it's exactly yeah. like because me and emily are always talking about the same stuff over and over again the same conversations all the time yeah just in case you were wondering what that all meant me and Emily are married. Yep, we're husband and wife. Yeah. Yeah. We loved radio so much that we decided to make this thing permanent. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Adara married us. In this studio. Oh, boy. <laughs> so. The lies. <laughs> Anna Karenina. <laughs> It's a depressing book. Many of us were told to read in middle school. For me, it was ninth grade, but I'm going to count it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Made it just under the wire. Um, As I'm sure many know, it begins with the line, 
happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. <laughs> this is truth. Yeah. Um, and that's just sort of how the book goes. It talks a lot about <laughs> unhappy families. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the happy ones. No. Who wrote that? Not Leo Tolstoy. Am I wrong in that? Tolstoy. It's <laughs> the way but you yeah. said it. Is his name Leo? <laughs> Sounded Leo Tolstoy. Sounded like you were like yes, a cat having a hairball <laughs> thing. Leo Tolstoy. Truly, for not being some a one. What do you call you guys? Um, bibliophiliacs. <laughs> for, <laughs> for somebody <laughs> who isn't one of those. Okay. Having heard the word Anna Karenina and in my mind connecting it to Leo Tolstoy, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That is good. Yeah. Good job, Bobby. Just giving myself a little (laughs) pat on the back. I deserve that. You did. Good work. Thank you. So, Anna Karenina. (laughs) I was like, oh, all right. I guess that's it. (laughs) Is... I had this opinion in the ninth grade, and I haven't read the book since then, so I might have changed my mind if I read it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm going to stick with my ninth grade opinion, which is that this book is essentially a reality TV show <laughs> set in, like, mid-century Russia. Ooh, they should do that. They should recreate it. And they should have it like the circle where like they're all like messaging each other and they um. don't see each other. Yes. <laughs> Get on that Netflix. All right. I mean, yeah, they'll make it. It seems right. They'll make they'll make it. Would you accept just the show, the circle, but it's with Russian people? <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. Okay. Not enough for me. What about Russians in period dress? Ooh, that would be cool. That okay. would be really cool. And they're trying to find love. Mm, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the book starts with this guy who cheats on his wife. Um, and then his sister, Anna, Anna Karenina, comes to visit and convinces Dolly that her brother, in fact, still loves her after cheating on her. Um, And then Anna... Meets a cute guy at the train station. Ooh. And they watch a railway worker fall into the tracks and get hit by a train. Well, that's how love Foreshadowing? is Foreshadowing? <laughs> Wait, they watched him? Like, they're like, look at that guy. Look what he's about to do. Oh, man. Here it comes. Yeah. They watch him. Anna is upset by it. And then the hot guy gives the family of the dead guy some money. And Anna's like, ooh. That was classy. Oh, he, he really <laughs> does care about people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, fast forward through some stuff and there's like a big ball and they dance. Anna and the hot guy. Mm-hmm. And the hot guy is sort of flirting with this other girl, but like he and Anna have this passionate thing. And then he and Anna start an affair and then they're like, let's go to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> And Dolly and Steva, Anna's brother, are still, like, fighting, and their marriage is a wreck. Um, And there are several other people who have complex marriages or, like, sad stuff happening in their dating lives, and people get in fights. 
Um, there's a couple horse races. Yeah. Nice. Does someone like flip a table over in anger? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then skip forward maybe like 600 pages and we hit a point where Anna is just like jealous and irrational and angry at Alexi who she is the hot guy she's having an affair with uh-huh. and uh-huh. also angry at Alexi her husband who has the <laughs> same name what <laughs> holy cow mm-hmm. um so that's annoying yeah you didn't have to do that Leo yeah does that does, is it weird that that annoys me even in like real life when someone like breaks up with someone named like dave and then goes on to marry someone named dave i automatically am annoyed by that choice mm-hmm. even if it was true love or it wasn't something you know it doesn't yeah. matter it's annoying it's annoying it's just mm-hmm. like thank like can you come up with something more original <laughs> okay and then so Anna's just like fighting with these guys and she's jealous and she's angry and then she thinks that her relationship with the hot guy she's cheating on her husband with is over. And so much like in the very beginning, they watched the railway worker's death. Anna jumps in front of a train and is killed. She's like, I saw a person die like this once. <laughs> well hey (laughs) it's familiar Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's right there yeah and then there's after that another like 100 pages about this guy who lives in the country whose house is getting destroyed (laughs) oh classic leo tolstoy standalone thing or is that anyone related to this story Livin is like a part of the story but he's really only okay in like moscow Mm. or saint petersburg sorry a little bit and then the rest of the time he's just out in the country having like a very mediocre marriage and family Hmm. i know what they call that they call that the ice age effect you know how on ice age the cartoon where like there's all this stuff happening in the main movie and then there's that little like squirrel thing that's trying to find its nut. Yeah. And it's like got its own storyline oh, going. Yeah, that's of, what they, they call, call that it. the ice age effect. Okay. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. So in the end, Levin decides that he loves his son even though his son isn't really his and that even though before he was questioning his faith, he's a Christian. Um, and he's just like, everything's fine and he's happy and his life is great. Hmm. Hmm. So great story for him. Yeah. (laughs) So nice. He's the one whose house exploded. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That was a, it's been a while since I read this book, but I think all of that's accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, I've got a song for you. It's kind of related to this. I like have more explanation for why it is. It's but cool. Yeah, you're not gonna get all of it. That's fine. No. So, it's by Dan Auerbach. It's called "Never in My Wildest Dreams." Ah, 
I continue to be very charmed by Dan Auerbach. You should be. I'm charmed. So we talked about books. We talked about what they've done for us. Books that you are made to read in middle school. What? <laughs> what? You're nothing. Go ahead. I'm just wrapping it up. Yeah. I'm wrapping up this hour. Okay. Yeah. I and feel like going forward, I would love it if you would wrap all of your wrap-ups. <laughs> what do you... I'm not really sure what you're asking me to do. But you love wrapping. Just like wrap your wrap-ups. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to wrap. I'm not as good with wrap, wrap, rhymes. Wrap, <laughs> But I can wrap it up um, in song if you'd like. All right, let's do it. Oh, I hear Leo, though, so and we should one, probably and go. And two, and ready and go. You listen to a little show we like to call Dream Infringement. What's that show? It's Dream Infringement. What's that now? It's called Dream Infringement. And every Monday night, we come into the studio and we sing a little song. Not really anyone else but me. The show is about some stories and songs. And tonight we told you can, about some books that we read. You can look us up on Instagram I, and Facebook if you want to. You don't have to, but you might need an internet connection. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Stick around for one. No. Yes. One World Many Songs. Sorry. I got confused by the one after that, which is a world remix. Anyway. One World Many Songs with Leo, uh -huh. a better Leo than Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> Tolstoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we so like stick around for that. I mean, I never met the... Bye, everyone. First Leo. Okay. Bye. We love you. Oh, here's a song by the Bee Gees as requested by one of our favorite listeners, Miriam.